0: Mommy Track Daddy Whispers podcast is now called Birth Agni podcast. Welcome to Mommy Track Daddy Whispers podcast, season 3.
1: So, One thing is consistent is that during pregnancy and postpartum, change will always be coming. How will we deal with the change? And we want to approach birth in a space where all the fears, the the frustrations that are coming just from those hormonal shifts in pregnancy, we want to, to come to a place where we talk about them
0: I love the dimming of the lights in the day. This huge window in my room, it goes dim with the clouds covering the sky when it is about to rain. My inner intuition, without seeing outside, smells the sweet scent of the mud almost about to be drenched in the magic Ithr of nature. Just like birth. Birth. Surrendering to the process and getting drenched in the awakening of ourself. The power that lies deep within. Which is where it is important to ask these questions. This is where we left our conversation. My name is Divya, I am a certified lactation counsellor and a birth educator. This is part 2 of our conversation, a part of Doula Stories theme on the podcast where we are speaking with Doula Keisha, a birth and labour doula, a perinatal yoga instructor who is about to tell us how to involve your family in birth. This is where we left our conversation. So Keisha... How do you prepare families for birth? There is the birthing mother or the birthing person who are surrounded by their families, mothers. Here in India, we have families or, you know, partners to be very specific. How do you prepare, you know, the family for birth?
1: Well, as I connect with clients, I'd like to check in first with how they're feeling, what their experiences have been up until this point. I like to hear what kind of support they have. And I also like to hear about any fears or concerns that they have about the process just to get more in-depth info. And as we start to share stories, Things are starting to come to play as far as what I think could be of help and could be of service and support to them. So I'll introduce some ideas and if clients are okay with, with those ideas, then we, we continue to, to dive deeper and, and follow through and take action. So one thing is consistent is that during pregnancy and postpartum, change will always be coming. How will we deal with the change? I like to also dive into archetypes of people, helping each client to understand who they are, what kind of personality, how do you operate in, in high, intense, intense moment? what do you lean on when you are feeling at your worst how do you get through so going through those moments going through those stories we're able to find ways to start healing and that's ultimately the idea here as well like yes change is consistent will be a constant yes we want to know how you're going to deal with this Um, all the intensities that are going to come your way. But also, let's recognize that each day you are healing to become your highest self. And what does that look like? And also, normalize, or not necessarily normalize, but bring to the forefront that healing work is just an everyday work, an everyday practice that we all need because we are all healing from something and with that we start to see new ways to move forward and sometimes old wounds come to the surface and create a mess of maybe an avalanche of emotion, tears of confusion, frustration. And what I say to that is lean in, lean in, because sometimes that healing work, it gets worse before it gets better. Just like an everyday cold, okay, with comforting words, you start to feel like those symptoms start to to fade away and you are a new, a new person. And you've learned so much from that experience that you can bring into the next time, okay? Because there's always gonna be a next time. This work is lifelong. So when I say healing is an everyday practice, I truly believe that. I truly believe that there's always work to be done. And, and there's never a moment that we're going to say, oh, I'm healed and that's it, that's it. Like. So it's always a practice to dive deeper, to understand more about yourself. And so I like to bring that into my work. And this is why also I say, I encourage people to hire doulas before just the birth. So you can take this time to release any traumas, any old wounds, Because I've seen birth stall because of stress, because of anxiety, of fears. And we want to approach birth in a space where all the fears, the the frustrations that are coming just from those hormonal shifts in pregnancy, we want to, to come to a place where we talk about them. We explore what it means why are you feeling these, these sensations, these emotions? What is it? Let's talk about it. And sometimes through that talk, through that that sharing of the stories, real, real revelations and, and light bulb moments come to be, come to fruition, where I've seen clients shift into a whole different mental perspective on their labor where they're able to move into their higher selves before birth. And there's a spectrum, like, of how you show up for yourself during birth. And I honestly feel that any kind of conversation, maybe it's one conversation before birth, maybe it's two, three, four, whatever, you know, whatever amount of time you're able to spend doing this work, I encourage you to do it. So you can move into your labor with a different perspective than what you started with. Mm
0: -hmm. And for your partner, sometimes partners may not be aware of your trauma of the part of you that needs healing. So in all of this, when we talk about preparing the family for birth as a collaborative effort like you said we also want them want both the partners want the family to heal in the journey so that the support during and after birth both is in the right space and the conflict that comes in especially postpartum is reduced am i drawing the right you know The right kind of, the right essence from what we just talked about.
1: Yes. Okay, so just thinking about the postpartum journey, thinking about in the work that I'm doing, I I like to encourage if you have a laboring partner, you have a significant other, like we want to bring them to the space that we're creating, this healing work together so we can have these reflective questions just be absorbed and and marinated with both the birthing person and who's going to to help them along the way uh along this journey who's going to be there throughout their lives like it's such a huge shift Um, where it's not just the birthing person being reborn, it's also that laboring partner. And it's really important to take the time out to, to think about how your relationship is going to change within yourself, within you and your laboring partner, within your laboring partner and your baby, between you and your baby, and then also that union of, the birthing person and the laboring partner together that relationship and the baby, like four, four relationships. Um, and, and three are new (laughs) three are new one, you know, you and your late, you and your partner, right? If you have one, you've spent time together to build, you spent time to understand each other's cues. Now, this shift occurs where three new relationships come to P, come to be, and are you going to be ready? And how do you become ready? I truly believe it's by these conversations, it's by taking those childbirth classes so you can understand what's really going to, to happen at the cellular level, like these hormonal shifts. and. And I feel like bringing laboring partners into the experience of absorbing information, taking in the understanding of stages of labor, um, of the phases of each cervical dilation process. Like it helps that person to have more insight. And with more insight comes more empathy and we need more empathy As we move into postpartum, okay, we need it through the pregnancy journey. We need it through postpartum where the idea of healing doesn't get enough credit. Like time of rest, that need for rest doesn't get enough credit in society. I encourage my my clients, to take rest as like a full-time job, like absorb that. Think about healing a placenta-sized wound, which is very simple, like visual, is a a dinner-sized plate. Like you're healing a dinner-sized plate. Take a plate out in your kitchen right now. Look at it. Really look at how large that dinner plate is. And think about that healing work that's being done in in, in that birthing person. And if you are that birthing person, take a moment to look at that dinner-sized plate and think about how you are healing, like how your uterus is healing, okay? Or is going to need to heal. Society as a whole is always pressing upon us unless you're disconnected okay but the overall viewpoint i have found in this work and just as a person living the human experience is that you need to continue moving and hustling and bustling you need to continue creating multiple income streams so you can be secure financially And there is no time for rest. (laughs) Like rest is not at the forefront. It is not a priority. I encourage clients to find a balance that makes sense for them. You know, if we could all stay in, in the house, like if all birthing people, mothers could stay at home for 40 days, like, wow, how amazing. Like in my mind, I see 10 days in the bed. 10 days around the bed, 10 days in the house, 10 days around the house. Where you're able to to really explore the healing journey, what your body can do without pain, without stress, without a struggle internally. But sometimes that's just not what it is in this world because we have to go back to work. Sometimes we only get six weeks. And if that's the case, See how you can navigate the healing journey where you're able to at least stay in bed for maybe five days, maybe five days around the bed, five days in the house, five days around the house. But you take the time to acknowledge that healing is taking place. I think that is really important, Um, not only for the birthing person, but for the whole family to, to get on board with and also that informational piece of learning about what goes on um, with hormonal shifts like just for example pregnancy you're increasing the sex hormone progesterone like up to 200 times it's normal rate and when just to take to, to care of your baby, right? For growth and development and gestation. And when your baby's born, that, that, is, that 200, you know, up to 200 times normal rate, that suddenly drops back to normal rate, okay? Like, hits you so hard, okay? Where you're feeling a shift mentally, which makes all the sense when you think about it. But if you don't have that piece of information, if you're not doing that self-study, you don't know about the hormonal shifts, you might just think that birthing person is is just spiraling out um, without any, any understanding as to why. So you're just like, okay, that's weird. Like, you might even approach it in the same way you would yourself, okay, if you have a lack of understanding, where you're like, okay, just relax. like, And also acknowledge, like within laboring partners, like the shift as well, okay? Because it's not just birthing people that are going to possibly go through these shifts of postpartum anxiety or depression or even postpartum psychosis. The laboring partner can go through these things as well. Okay. I don't think it's something we really talk about um, because I think in general, like we want to shine light on the birthing person, right? Because sometimes depending on the communities you're living in, you don't, you don't have enough light shining on them. But as I dive deeper into the work, I see just all the areas that we need to shine light on. And so part of that is the laboring partner and what they're going through. And that's why it's really nice to have both as many people, right? As many people that are on the journey in the meetings in the prenatal visits and meetings and meetups, whatever you want to call them. So you can understand truly more about, about this journey that you're on and the journey that you will, you will be on, right? All the changes. It's so important.
0: I appreciate all of that appreciate all of the changes. So with knowledge comes empathy. With knowledge comes advocacy. With knowledge comes healing. I wanted to discuss advocacy. So your partner or your family during birth, there may be circumstances where there may be a need of a decision. And that is when a birthing person is vulnerable becomes very difficult to advocate for themselves. But still, at that point in time, the family or the partner can advocate. Have you ever had the urge in some circumstances to advocate for your client? Does that happen?
1: Mm, Okay. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I see my advocacy work as bringing information, bringing in tools to my client relationships. Now, when we think about, initially, I'm thinking about the birthing space, say a hospital, um, where my client is... In an active labor, perhaps, and they're feeling vulnerable. They're feeling tired, perhaps exhausted, depending on how long they've been laboring, and and say maybe there are some moments where medical staff will come in, asking questions or positioning different like medical interventions that may be necessary. Um. You know, I've definitely been in spaces where it's so intense, um, where medical staff is asking my clients to make decisions in short amount of time, where and I'm seeing my clients become increasingly overwhelmed, confused, and sometimes, like, disconnected depending on where the birthing person is um, on their laboring journey at that moment. So what I like to do is make sure my clients understand what's going on. So part of my advocacy work in those moments would be, say, a doctor or a nurse is asking clients to make decisions about something. I would not direct my questions to the medical staff, but to my client. Are you understanding of that medical procedure? Do you want to hear more about it? Do you understand the advantages, the disadvantages, the benefits or the risks? Do you want them to slow down? Did you understand what they just said? Like I'm looking at my at the birthing person, at, at the laboring, um, the laboring partner, and I'm looking for them to decide because it's not for me. It's not for me to decide like I'm here. I've seen a lot of birth, yes, but this is not my birth. This is not my story. This is not my decision to make. And I'm just here as a mirror reflecting back to them. Going back to that piece, if, if medical, medical staff is asking and, and maybe they're making it feel like it's, it's. What am I saying? If it's it's very urgent, right? If it's a very urgent um, response time, like, okay, we need a quick response time. I'm going to ask my clients, like, first, okay, maybe you want to ask if this is medically indicated. Ask if your baby's in danger. Ask if the birthing person is in danger. And just that question alone sometimes can neutralize the situation where... The birthing person and their laboring partner realize from the doctor from the nurses that the situation can have some time for deliberation it is not medically indicated in this moment to make the decision. So I've been in situations where my clients found out that information and then they were like, Keisha, we want our own time and space to deliberate, to decide, please help us get these people out of here. With the laboring partner, as the birthing person is resting, I'm helping them to use their communication skills to usher those people out and I'm, I'm there as support and that's really shifted a lot of these situations. Um, sometimes you're put in these pressure cooker moments and it doesn't necessarily have to be like that one little question like is this medically indicated am I in danger in this moment can I have five minutes can change the whole experience. So. Those are ways I like to help clients and support clients and and their advocacy because I'm not here to empower them in those moments. Like I'm just here, like they have that power from within to communicate, to protect um, their baby themselves, their partner's. I'm here to help guide them to those words sometimes. Because in the hospital, in the home birth, in the birthing center, like sometimes you just forget those words, you forget those questions. And so I'm there to help remind them of the questions that they can ask.
0: Like a guide who can help them assess the situation and help them take control and make decisions for themselves. What are some of the misconceptions that are out there about Odula? Do we come across them
1: frequently? Oh, the misconceptions, sure. I mean, the misconceptions of Keisha, like, there are so many. <laughs> <laughs> the, just the human misconceptions of just everyone's experience, there are so many. Um, I think that's why it's important to do the work to research what a doula can be for you. Um, okay. If we're going to say one of the the main like misconceptions and what they and, and identify that um, in mainstream, I would say that doulas are midwives that doulas um, are the ones that are providing the medical support where they're catching the babies and all of that and checking fetal heart tones checking cervical dilation and that's just not the case (laughs) doulas are non-medical support sometimes doulas do catch babies because they are the ones there at that moment providing support but the doula is holding space. So if that is a need, the doula is not a medical professional and very much so um, in, in their own lane. So you have a doula, you have a midwife, you have an obstetrician, an OB. Um, they all serve a purpose. They all serve a purpose. With that, also, like the, the misconceptions sometimes are just that you only need a doula for the birth just for labor and you know it could be a preference that you can have a doula as soon as you find out you're, you're pregnant you can have a doula technically whenever you want like if you were looking to conceive and you needed extra support during your fertility journey you can have a doula um, If you're having a C-section, which is a scheduled surgery for your baby to be born, you can have a doula because there's so many ways that a doula could help support you as you prepare for that major surgery that's going to require a different kind of healing that we don't necessarily talk about uh, in the mainstream and also some misconceptions if you're bringing in spiritual practices it's like oh my gosh like that doula doesn't bring in evidence-based research well that's not necessarily true you can have doulas like that bring in the spiritual connection and the evidence-based research like myself that see this work as a holistic approach so there's a need for the information for the spiritual practice For the nutritional breakdown of what you're eating, um, all of those things play a role. And I will say, nutrition is a huge factor that we don't really think about during this time, during pregnancy, during postpartum. That is huge. You might find yourself during pregnancy having a headache, and you may not know why. If you're my client, I'm going to ask you, like, how many ounces of water have you been drinking today? Okay, because sometimes that shift alone and drinking eight cups of water, okay, can allow for that headache to dissipate, to melt away. So, those are just a few misconceptions. Um, I'd like to encourage people to just really reach out to understand more about doulas in your community and what they're providing. And uh, if you feel like there's some other person in your family that could provide this support, then you could turn to that as well. Um, I do find that if you are leaning onto that family member, it's not always the case that they're going to like wake up in the middle of the night to support you. Okay. And not to say like, call me at 12 midnight. Um, I'm not (laughs) advising that, but So that's why I'm like, okay, you can send me that text. I can make sure I'm doing my practices of healing work and balance and and maybe like drinking my tea before I hop on that call so I can show up for you in the best way that I can.
0: Hiring a doula before birth and the misconception that you talked about that we often think that doulas are only going to provide labor support. So having a team by your side is a lot about being entrusted to be able to do birth work, especially first-time mothers and even second-time mothers or maybe somebody who is having a baby again. We are in fear because of tons of things, because of sometimes over-information and less guidance and less support. So to be able to have somebody in your dream, who you can trust and who is able to shower that trust back onto you is equally important. That is, I guess, the reason that you're saying that to have a doula from the start of your journey to be able to build that companionship, to be able to understand each other because everybody is different. So the way I would want something to help me calm down would be very different from how you would want something to calm you down. So that's where the partner comes in. That's where having your team, that's where having your doula who helps you navigate labor and the journey that overall birth is, is significant. Am I able to state all of this? Right.
1: Yeah, I believe all of that. What you said is true. Yes, what works for me is not necessarily what works for you. So we have to do that work internally to understand what we even want, which is hard, is challenging. Just like that statement alone, it's not easy by any means. But together, through these conversations, through these sharing of stories, I believe we can come to a place where we understand more about our wants, our needs, and our desires. And in all of this
0: yoga and breath work, what role does it play? We breathe as an involuntary process. I'm breathing while I talk to you. But breathing in yoga and breathing in birth has a meaning it can have profound results it can change the course of your journey of your laboring journey of your birth how does all of that help if how do we break down breath work how do we understand breath work
1: yeah again it's tapping into the vagus nerve and creating a healthy system of finding homeostasis, finding balance throughout the chaos or throughout the twists and turns of life, throughout all the different adventures and journeys, throughout all of the shifts that labor brings. We, We come back to the breath and we use the breath as a tool to guide us, to show us what we need to do to move to the next step. I find that just breathing and diving deeper inward to how my breath flows through the body, from my head to my toes, um, even like feeling the rise and fall of my shoulders. It helps to bring me to a state of of peace, uh, into a state of uh, awareness of self. And I know that to be true because... Breath work helps us to tap into the parasympathetic nervous system is tapping into the places of calm and peace within the body and it's a soothing mechanism. It's the breathing is a technique that unlocks the peace and calm that we do have within ourselves, but we need to take the time to slow down to really acknowledge that system, that nervous system in our bodies. So as we breathe, as we bring our attention to the flow of the breath, we are able to tap into that parasympathetic nervous system and initially start to feel sensations of warmth, almost sometimes like euphoric, like that start to increase like emotions of joy, of of peace, um, of love. And with that love, we start to feel safe. When we start to feel safe, we feel protected. And that's how I see breathing helping us during our laboring journey. And as we start to breathe, also like those love hormones are being spread through the body, like the oxytocin hormone. So as we start to break that down and we start to read that information and digest that information, we're able to look at breath differently. And then I I see movement um, as another tool where just in the laboring journey, if you're moving, if you're creating different positioning, um, you're you're tapping into that parasympathetic nervous system. Like I see um, just as much as you would with the breath. Like as you start to move around, um, you can change the thoughts of the mind because of all of the different um, soft tissues within the body, like being aligned, affecting one another. So, um, I start to think about, like, even my sound meditation, like, what I love about that is penetrating the soft tissues of the body because of that high content of water. So, if we are also engaging and stimulating, that area through movement, then you're creating these moments of relaxation internally as well. And you're making more space for your baby as you continue to move. And the human, like the female pelvis, when we think about it in the shape, right? Like where we need to make more room and our pelvis does expand. Okay. I love, I don't have this with me, but I love like just showing clients like about the pelvis itself, how it can open up, like the brim of the pelvis can open up for your baby. Like when we want to engage the baby in the pelvis, we want to think about like posterior movements where your, your hips are moving forward to open up the brim of the pelvis. Then your baby's engaged middle of the pelvis. We can move in asymmetrical movements like side lunges or just bringing one leg up on a chair, right? And, and, pressing forward or walking upstairs or the side of the curb. Um, Those things can open up the middle of the pelvis. Then you get to the baby crowning and you now need to release. You're looking at opening up the pelvic outlet. You can bring your knees in just a tiny smidge and you are activating like internal rotation that's going to open up the pelvis like it's important to know to do the work to understand the pelvis so you can create more space for your baby during your labor and delivery
0: you started this work after a time that you were in preschool you were teaching preschool children And thereon, you moved on to becoming a doula. What got you there? What prompted you? I I know I'm shifting from what we were discussing. Since all of this is so powerful, all of this needs your emotional presence so strongly. So how did that journey happen?
1: Yeah. um, Well... There was a need for support um, as one of my family members was going through their own parenthood journey and started sharing stories about fear-based coercion in the medical industrial complex. They had a vision for their birth that wasn't being respected by the medical team, Um there were so many different factors, such as race, um, age. Okay, both parents were black, so all of that rolled into one. They, the medical staff, did not allow for them to feel like their voices are being heard, and with that, with that showing up in my family, like I. That did not sit well with me. That did not sit well with me. And I wanted to provide support in any way I could. And becoming a doula was one of the ways that I could support them um, based on what they told me. So that's how I got into the work. And and then there's the laboring journey that I experienced for my first birth, which was within that um, interaction of family members. I saw, I saw the spiritual connection. I saw what evidence-based research brings in to play. All of those things, like working together, like I saw moments where baby was not happy, Um, and and, and the mother was having some moments of dips with heart rate, and and we're talking dips of heart rate and blood pressure between both, okay, where medical staff is like, if this doesn't change within the next hour, something is going to shift and i remember in that situation just looking at the birthing person the laboring partner and saying okay what do you want to do they allowed me to give my my assistance my support and what i thought right there was we need to talk like talk to your baby talk to your baby and talk and to the laboring partner. Talk to your partner in this moment. Create moments of vis- visualization where you're able to bring her heart rate down. What are some of the best moments of your life together? Bring it into the space. Let's bring in some soothing sounds of the singing bowl. Like I remember the nurse walking in during that hour looking at us like, what is going on here? Looking at me like, what? Um, not really truly believing. Okay. That's the energy like I was feeling, which is all good. Like, you do not have to believe. My client is the one, okay, that was believing in this work. So we're doing it. The nurse, you don't have to believe in it. And after that, it was a straight hour like of doing this. I'm telling you, like, encouraging the laboring partner to continue to and me. I'm like with my singing bowl because it's not about me. Like how can I provide support? I gave a a moment of assistance, like with that, that prompt, like maybe some visualization and they took it away. Okay. They had a lovely moment sharing stories and, and we started some movement and baby and, and, and mama they restabilized. It's not always going to be like that. But during that moment, it was incredible, incredible. Like they were talking about cesareans and, you know, like they were throwing some language out there that was very like fear-based and we weren't a part of it. Like we were disconnected. Like my clients were disconnected from that they had a vision and and luckily they were able to see that through and and at the end of the day like i remember that nurse how she looked when baby was born like the proud moment like she became a believer like i truly she became a believer and we became friends after that like in that space, oh. like it, the energy shifted oh. completely, and that is when I realized this work. Like, I need to be a part of this work. I need to be a part of holding space, of helping to remind um, parents in the laboring space, um, just like remind them of different ways that they can restabilize and and, and find balance during these intense moments, and and, and find their voice um as well as help their voice to be respected in in the laboring space as well. So forever I was changed and I'm really honored to do this work.
0: Thank you, Kisha, for sharing that story. I really want to imagine a world where we have this as a part of the system where people do not have to go through times when they're not heard. They're not given a chance. I have a problem with that. Giving people a chance is important. And hearing them out is important because it's their bodies. If they're able to create a human being from their body without any assistance, they have it in them. And if they feel something, it's important that that is respected. And if the system does not do that, you should have your team to be able to do that and that's the first step to be able to get to the kind of birth you want to have to have that team that's the first step we cannot rely on anything outside of your team your support system thank you for sharing that story it's a powerful story and that's the kind of stories that we want to hear where it's spiritual it's empathetic it's relying on yourself and the fact that things are not always urgent. Yes, they are. You can have the time and the space to be able to go through it, manage it. And when, you, when you're robbed of that, that's when we need the kind of support that you're providing. We need the kind of support that birth as a community is providing. So thank you so much, Keisha, for sharing that story. It's such a, such a powerful story. And I hope in the time to come, we have many more similar stories to share. And it becomes a part of our everyday life. So thank you. And um, I would um, ask you, what would you say to somebody starting their work as a tula, new into this journey?
1: Get out into community, like do the training, but also find a community, a mentorship program, or maybe you're just asking experienced doulas if you can share space and time with them to understand more about the practice and how to find your voice in this doula work. Reach out, don't keep the questions like hidden. Speak up, get out into community, and elevate, elevate your learning that way as well.
0: Yeah. And what would you say to a new mother starting her journey where she may have tons of fear, apprehensions, because that's what the society throws at us. <laughs> the moment you start anything, You know, they'll tell you what can go wrong and not what can go right. What would you say to a new mother starting her journey?
1: I just want to remind you that before you Your mother birthed you before her. Yeah, your grandmother. And start to dig deeper into your lineage, reminding yourself of all the powerful women, all the powerful birthing people that came before you. Because they are a part of you. They they hold space. They provide you with power. We just have to tune into that. Lock in. But really dive deeper into that ancestral knowledge and also realizing that each birth is going to be different. So really dive deeper into lean into the unknowns of birth, into the unknowns of this world with all of your healing modalities in place that can really pour love, pour light back into you as you navigate as you navigate all the, all the experiences that are soon to come.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Keisha, thank you so much for unfolding all of this for us and opening up the chapters of your life for us. Thank you so much. I would end by saying that if childbirth is a bridge to bring new lives into the world, then doulas and midwives are the pillar on which this rests. Thank you so much, Keisha. It was wonderful talking to you. Deep and profound. Mm -hmm. Thank you. With tons of insights. Thank you so much.
1: I appreciate you holding space. It was a pleasure. What
0: makes birth spiritual is essentially coming close to yourself during pregnancy, embracing your fears, apprehensions and going on a direction of finding guidance. If you believe in the power of nature, you will believe in it. You will be a birth keeper. Come on a discovery call with me on WhatsApp to know more. As always, rate, like or comment on this episode. If this made you think, take one step deeper into yourself. Next up on the pregnancy series is the role of fathers and family in the early postpartum period. On the series, we have a conversation with Dr. Janavi Nilekani, co-founder of the Astrika Foundation, who calls herself an accidental health entrepreneur. And we would hear from her how she is transforming birth into more positive experiences. Wait for it and remember, you got the power. Stay tuned.